You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 139 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have an incredible guest. He's a Grammy, Emmy, Tony-nominated actor. Brandon Victor Dixon is on the podcast this week. Very, very exciting stuff. I saw him in Jesus Christ Superstar Live, Rant Live, Hamilton Live. I've seen him in a bunch of things, and it was really cool to, to be able to talk to him this week on the podcast. He has an exciting project that he's working on that uh, I was able to talk to him about and kind of help him promote it. So stay tuned. It's going to be, it's actually really, really cool. The project is fascinating the way he was describing it. And I think you all will, will think the same thing and hopefully I'll check it out. But first we got to talk about some Broadway news, shall we? There's not too, too much going on in the Broadway world. We have some casting announcements and some of the things, but um, let's just get into it here. Camelot announced its full cast. Uh, we have a Take a Bow family member in the cast, which is super exciting. Taylor Trench was uh, announced that he'll be in the show. And then, of course, Philippa Sue will be uh, in Camelot and so many other talented people. I'm not going to name them all because, you know, we'll be here for a while. But, uh, and I'm just really bad at pronouncing names, uh, but... But uh, very exciting stuff. The cast is wonderful, and it has a bunch of wonderful Broadway performers, very experienced. It's not many Broadway debut, which I was kind of surprised at because lately I feel like all we've been seeing is Broadway debut after Broadway debut. (laughs) It's been crazy lately, but uh, very exciting stuff nonetheless, and a lot of familiar faces, which is super exciting. So congrats to everyone in Camelot. And uh, another casting announcement, we have Adrian Warren, going to be coming back to Broadway in a brand new play with music called A Room or just room, I think. And it's going to be at the James Earl Jones Theater, which is super exciting. Camelot's first preview, I believe, is March 9th. And then we have April 7th, I want to say, for Room, starring Adrian Kennedy. So very exciting stuff. Nonetheless, uh, the Room play with music looks wild. I haven't heard much about it um, until this week, obviously, when it's been in the news. And I've read about it now. And it's just like, wow, this is, it looks crazy and, and and super i don't know I, I just feel like i'll be watching the show and i'll just be stunned the entire time um and it's really not something we've seen adrian warren do on the stage uh here on broadway so i'm very excited for that it's going to be completely different from like tina where she won her tony award so very excited for that everyone go check that out james earl jones theater coming soon in april so yeah and it's going to be a limited run it's only going to be about five to six months so until uh, like september so everyone check it out uh, if you can. 
And now moving on, we have uh, one other little tidbit here. Kimberly Akimbo is going to be having an album listening party, which is going to happen before the album even comes out, which is super exciting. And that's going to be at Woman Rink in Central Park on February 10th before the full album releases on Valentine's Day, which is February 14th. So if you're not in New York and you're not planning on coming in for it or anything like that, you'll be able to listen to the album four days later on Valentine's Day, February 14th. But if you are in the city and you are... uh, uh, interested and in, you know stopping by it, they're calling it like the skater planet you know the fun little place where uh the ice skating rink where the show kind of takes place sometime and uh some of the cast will be there some of the creative team will be there which is super exciting for us fans and i will most likely be there as well uh, i'll be doing some content there with all of you who come out and hopefully if you're willing and uh we'll be ice skating and, and doing all the things at uh uh, woman rink in central park so check that out if you haven't uh, already or if you are unaware of it but i think it'll be very fun uh kimberly akimbo their marketing has been incredible so i'm not going to be surprised if this event will be also incredible and they already did a little thing like this already with the fans they were giving out free cookies the cast and all the things to those who showed up on a certain day and all the things it was super cute so uh this will be f- super fun so if you're around come out and join us very exciting that's kind of like it for broadway news this week there's not like like i said there wasn't really too much happening i mean some speculation you know coco's they're trying to make a stage adaptation of coco the disney movie that we all love um and yes we all love it if you don't there is i i just i've never heard someone who doesn't like that movie um and yeah a couple other things but uh moving on this is just like a friendly reminder here that uh it is still two for one broadway tickets for two more weeks so take advantage of that if you can. I'm super excited because I'm going to be seeing a show this weekend. I'm seeing the collaboration, which is going to be super exciting for me because Andy Warhol, I'm a big fan of his from like near where I'm from. Very exciting. I have some friends, my brother went who saw the show, absolutely raved about it. So I'm very excited to, to come on here and give a little review. It's been a minute since last time I did that. So I think it's actually going to be my first show of 2023, which is wild, but uh, it's true. It's I think it's true. So I uh, took advantage of the two-for-one deal. I'm going with my sister, and uh, I'm going to go see a couple other shows with my family too, thanks to the two-for-one deal. So I'm very excited for it. Hopefully, you all have been able to take advantage of it as well because these prices, you can't really beat them because it's like the same price really as like a rush ticket or like a lottery ticket, but you like guarantee yourself a spot, you know, like lottery, you don't always get it. Rush, you don't always get it. And you have to like wake up super early, freeze out in this January weather. I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's a lot. So um, take advantage of this while we can. And uh, all the shows really are doing it, but they have limited availability. So go check it out. Be sure to take advantage of the deal. Um, and one more thing before I turn it over to this week's interview, I do want to mention that we have uploaded some new YouTube videos, which has been super fun and super exciting. And they've turned out really well, in my opinion. Uh, I'm super proud of them. So hopefully you all get a chance to go take a look at those. They're super fun and they're really like exclusive content. You know, I've stopped posting red carpet interviews on the podcast unless it's like super clear who we're talking to and who we're talking about. Those nights are just wild, so it's like hard to to keep track of everything and and do all of that. So nonetheless, 
They are up on YouTube. They're only on YouTube. We have Ohio State Murders. We have Anne Juliet. We have Kimberly Akimbo. And then this weekend, we are going to be posting some Like It Hot at some point. So I'm very excited for you all to check that out because those are super fun. Some Like It Hot's really, really fun too because we have a very, very uh, highly requested guest finally on Take A Bow for a short couple minutes, but it's so fun. And uh, I won't give it away till it comes out and we can talk about it afterwards. But uh, I may even do like a live watch, like a live thing where I go like live on my Instagram and we can all watch it on like our little computers together. I think that would be super fun and we could talk about it and all the things. So I'll keep you all posted. Stay tuned um, on when and exactly that'll happen and we'll see. So uh, with that being said, that's all I have really for this week's episode episode it was a quick intro really there wasn't much going on so uh i'm sure there's you know how it is there's always one week that's kind of dead and then the next week's kind of crazy and it's like a 30 minute intro not actually but like you know what i mean but yeah that that's all i have so without further ado i say we just turn it over to the interview you all don't want to hear from me anymore let's turn it over to the amazing guests that we have on this week's podcast and that is none other than brandon victor dixon so without further ado brandon victor dixon curtain up all right this week's guest is a performer who needs no introduction i mean he's been leaving audiences speechless since his broadway debut for which he earned his first tony nomination as harpo in the color purple uh since then he's gone on to be nominated for another tony an emmy and a grammy award for his theatrical roles on tv and on the stage now he's blessing our ears in the new award-winning macgyver the musical album which releases its much anticipated album following its world premiere uh and it features taylor louderman and uh tristan mays and of course today guests. So everyone, it is my honor to welcome to Take a Bow, Brandon Victor Dixon. Hi, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you, Eli. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. Thank you for doing this. I mean, a 40 second intro for you. I mean, you, you've done it all. I mean, it's incredible the career that you've had and it's an honor to be able to chat with you today. I have not done it all, but I am grateful for what I have done. Come on. It, I mean, here's the thing. In the roles that you've done, you've just killed every single one of them uh every role has been so special every role has been so different um and i think that's what uh, a lot of people kind of love about you and fall in love with uh your craft so it's really cool to be uh, able to talk to you about it all today thank you yeah of course so uh, let, let's start at the beginning i mean how how were you introduced to the industry I mean, why did you want to tell stories what made you want to get into all of this you know, I'm very fortunate. I, I've known from a very young age that I wanted to be a performer. That's something uh-huh. I really knew. And then also my educational environment was uh, steeped in arts education. So, you know, we did we did three musicals a year. There was a music class every day. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, you know, very early on, I, I, I was introduced to musicals. Julie Andrews was my, my yes. favorite. Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke from a very early age. Them, Julie Andrews, Dick Van Dyke, and Michael Jackson. Those were like my three traditional musical uh, and music idols um, and storytelling idols, really. And so that that's where the the love for it and the affinity for it developed. And when I went to high school, I kind of continued to seek out opportunities, not just at my school, but in the surrounding area. I went to school in D.C. and D.C. is a, a you know a, a rich arts culture. So I was very fortunate that there were places around me that I could also engage in and participate in the arts. And then 
I made sure that I, I went to school in New York City so that I could, you know, start auditioning and, and try and get into the business. Yeah, well, that's amazing. And have you seen MJ the musical yet? I have. I have. Yeah, oh, so good. It's fantastic. <laughs> Unbelievable. One of the best shows I've ever seen. Seriously, I, I would go back to that a million times if I if I wasn't a college student. Uh, <laughs> you know, trying to trying to get my way through. But that's amazing. Uh, you go into DC, and then it's pretty rare that you know people are just like you know I'm gonna moved to New York because I, you know what you wanted to do and you went to school here um, and all the things. So what was it like? You, you know, you made your Broadway debut shortly after that uh, in The Color Purple. And I mean, you had a full experience with that show because it, first of all, The Color Purple is such a unique and special show. And then you, you know, you get nominated for a Tony Award in your Broadway debut. What was that whole like you were really thrown into the thick of things. So what was all of that like for you? Uh, it was a real whirlwind and a, a real one, a wonderful education for me because, you know, I, I got to experience originating a Broadway show kind of, in many respects from its inception. You know, I, I was, I got to go to the out of town in Atlanta um, and then see that through to the workshop that we did. And then, you know, then, you know, the moment that Oprah Winfrey joined the cast, and that was like a, you know, <laughs> a, a, an incredible moment. And yeah. we went and we performed on Oprah. <laughs> do that. Like, that was like, <laughs> um, and then, you know, to open the show, you're opening a show with such a, a historical, uh, you know, a, a literary and artistic legacy, um, which is really yeah. And 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 also it was it was produced by experienced and conscientious people, and it was written by wonderfully talented uh, uh, people as well. So it was just a, a really great place to get my my Broadway debut, you know, sure. and, and also the diversity of performers with such experience that I was in in the show. And so, and so it was, it was a really special experience and yes. And to get nominated for a Tony, you know, it was, it's, it was my dream. It's, it was yeah. my dream to win a Tony award and to get nominated. And so when that happened also, cause you know, I didn't get nominated for any of the surrounding awards, which, which, which get announced first. Right. You know, there was no, you know, Drama desk, critic. Happened. it was a really moving for me, particularly because, you know, my, the first professional show I did was the tour of the Lion King. And right. a real kind of trial of fire coming of age experience for me. So to have made it through that and then to get to the achievement of the, the Tony nomination was a real, uh, a, a real, something I was very grateful for. Yeah. And that Tony like week, I was it like the same as, I mean, you obviously got, went on and got another Tony nomination for shuffle along. And you, you know, I've had conversations with people that have gone nominated a, a few years in between you know and it says like the times just change with the media and all the things so like for you back in 2005 when you were nominated for the color purple or whatever it was was it kind of like that same craziness with all the media and waking up super early to do the luncheons and whatever and now performing and doing the shows like was it just whirlwind after whirlwind yeah, it was exactly the same. You know, really? you wake up and and wow. the, the phone starts ringing and, <laughs> and the emails and the texts are coming in and, you know, then you're on with your agent and 
you know, they're, they're sending you the information about, okay, yeah, like there's a lunch in here. And they're like, okay. And they're like, okay, so we want to get you some outfits, uh, your dress yeah. this, and all right, you're going to, yeah. So like, yeah, it really starts that, that whole thing. And then the show itself, yeah, the show itself is going to do a Tony performance. So they're planning what they're going to do and you're going to, we got to rehearse that. So it becomes definitely becomes a big thing. Yeah. Tireless hours, right? Just craziness. The thing that you, you know, you dream about. Yeah, for sure. The adrenaline keeps you going, definitely. Um, I'm curious, you know, like, I mean, obviously you have been performing for quite some time, but after your first, you know, Broadway show, is there anything that you like learned about the industry that you just like didn't know until you were really in like the thick of things in your first show, you know, maybe something like from a fan's perspective or someone trying to make it, they wouldn't really necessarily like, it it wouldn't catch their eye. But like once you're in it, it's like every, it like clicks maybe. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I certainly learned a lot of things. uh, Yeah. Once I got into the industry that I didn't know, or I started to think about a lot of things that I didn't think about before. I mean, I think, you know, one thing is I, I, I began to think of it like an industry. Uh, mm. You know, the longer I've been in it, I began to think of it more of an industry, you know, and also as a, or maybe less, more of an, more of an industry. And then as a result of that, more of a business. Right. Um, you know, and, and really understanding, particularly as you, you do shows and, you know, you, you're in certain kinds of shows or you see certain shows work and certain shows don't, don't work. Or, um, as time goes on, you, 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 you see what, what kind of teams make certain things, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I think more about the industry and then the business of theater. Uh, and I, I think about what it takes to make a thing. Um, you know, so I, I, I think a lot more about that so that I have a greater understanding of why things do or do not get made. And, uh, I have a greater understanding of, uh, also the breadth of the business, um, and what it means to be an artist. I always thought about being on Broadway, but then once I got on Broadway, I was like, okay, but what else is there? Oh, there are, there are other, there are other things. You can be on Broadway. You can help put things on Broadway, but that, 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 that I think is what I have beat, but being in the industry, like, you know, has, has started to make me more aware of just the business of, of art, the business of art and the intersection of art and commerce and also how they are, you know, diametrically opposed. Yeah. Well, I noticed that in 2013, you actually created a, a producing company, you know, being in the industry, is that kind of something that led you to doing that? Like that got you interested in producing and everything like that? Uh, yes. You know, just as a natural extension of, of, you know, wanting to understand more about and have a greater influence over the creative work I was doing. You know, uh, I've been fortunate to have created a number of shows. And so I and have worked with creative teams who um, really helped uh, show me what that process is like. And so I've, you know, I've developed a lot of experience at making shows. And so in order to have a greater impact over the development of pieces I'm a part of, you know, that that's where the desire for the production company came from. Um, but also as a result of, I kind of early on have been able to uh, have certain experiences and be welcomed into certain spaces that mm-hmm. maybe some of my, my peers haven't or hadn't. And so I wanted to, uh, but, but, you know, they're just as talented, if not more so than I am in many respects. And so I always wanted to 
work to create a platform uh, for doing that. And so that's why I initially, you know, uh, created a production company. That's, that's why I initially took on uh, the partner that I had at the time, you know, because I wanted to, you know, help him uh, reach his goals in the industry and bring him into certain spaces as well. And now that I, I, on my own, I, you know, that's, that's something that I, I wanted, I, I work to continue to do to collaborate with others. Yeah. What is it about like a show that gets you really excited to want to produce it? I mean, really just the story that it's telling and, uh, and the, the goal of the, the, the goals of the story, you know, mm-hmm. what is it saying and why is it saying it? And those are usually the things that kind of get me interested in something. Is that kind of similar to like what interests you as a performer, you know, like the character and all of that, just diving into that? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, when, when I mean, projects have tended to come to me, at, you know, at, at, at a specific time in my life that where, you know, whatever that experience is, it's kind of resonating with where I am in my life. But um, but it's just, you know, when when things are like I just did a reading this week and I and I, I do readings all the time and some of them I find more compelling than others. But sure, <laughs> this one I find very compelling, though, there's still work to do. But the the music is just like very moving and lovely. And the things that they're saying about uh, human experience and connection are, are lovely, but also on a technical level. Um, it's just very sophisticated in its creation and it's weaving different time periods and uh, there's different, there's really this real character work happening, uh, you know, so it's just like, you know, the, when, when artists, when writers as artists are, are striving to, to push them, push their talents uh, towards the direction of storytelling that is, uh, you know, that is rooted in, 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 in something that can create, can bridge the gap between uh, worlds and bridge the, bridge the gap between communities. That's, that's the kind of stuff that tends to draw my interest. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Totally. It's a common thought here, but uh, one of the most compelling shows that I've seen in the past, whatever, five, 10 years uh, has obviously been Hamilton. And mm-hmm. that's a show that, you know, you obviously were in and you played Aaron Burr in the show. Talk to me about what it was like to join that company. Have you ever like joined a show when with that much hype, like uh, on Broadway? Um, I've never joined. I, I've, I, I rarely... Uh, takeover roles like that's yeah, not right i generally do but I, I i've only done it twice i did it with rent off broadway because that had always been like a, a goal of mine and um and i did do i did it with hamilton because of the richness of the material uh you know i i yeah i, I turned it down three times before i said yes what? 
because I'm not because I don't usually because I was like I was like it was like it's it's been done it's it's, it's happened it's, it's it's done like it's sure and it's and was done very well <laughs> so, yeah I mean <laughs> amazing <laughs> um but uh but you know I was urged to consider it and while I was listening to the material I was finding things that were inspiring my creative juices as well and so then it became something that i was like oh okay yeah actually i do think i could i could live in this for a while i could i could enjoy this space and so that you know so 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 moving into that experience ended up being a really great one for me because it's such fertile material for a performer um and it's a wonderful group of of uh of individuals as well like it's a wonderful community in that broadway space both both the crew and stage management, as well as all the actors. So I had a really wonderful time with everybody. Right. And it's such a, a diverse group of actors, you know, on the stage telling a story, which is something that from an audience perspective, especially like around that time, was kind of rare. And, and to be as, you know, revolutionary as the show was, like all of those storytellers that were on the stage had their own story to tell and it like heightened the material in a way that no one could have pictured except the of course brilliant Lin-Manuel um yeah so it's just I love the show it's brilliant and I actually saw you in the show that's I I didn't get to see you in color purple or anything but I did get to see you in Hamilton so I I loved your performance in that show really I became a big fan of yours there uh yeah for sure you were awesome so I'm glad you ended up accepting the role (laughs) me too Uh, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Rent and uh, you did do it off Broadway and you also uh, happened to do it live on TV uh, for Fox. Yeah. That, I mean, another just unbelievable performance. Uh, both of your live uh, performances, you know, you did Jesus Christ Superstar and Rent. Uh, just absolutely amazing. And, you know, those those you know, theater on the TV and everything, those things always like compel me, you know, that it's always something different because it, it is theater, but it's filmed and it's just like a different type of theater. And, you know, talk to me about that process and, and how that all works. You know, how do all of those pieces come together? Do you start in a rehearsal room and then you put it into a camera and what, how does it all work? Well, they're they're all unique, you know. They're they they they're all done a little differently according to both the the material and the team that's involved in doing them. So, um, and that is why you know, for me, some of them are more effective than others. Uh, just because because it because it, it is a unique construction every time. So you kind of have to figure out new problems every time, and so. Some material is more conducive to it than others. Some some approaches are are, are, are more successful than others. That's just the natural yeah. process. Um, but from you know, the, the Jesus Christ Superstar was very much like a theatrical development. Uh, we developed the work in theater in the theater room in the same according to the same kind of like structure that we build theater pieces. Um, but you know, they conceived it really as a live concert, which works, which is a very great, which a great is a great meeting of the mediums. Um, it's it's a great meeting of the of the live theater and the television because television is used to operating live in that kind of environment, a concert environment. Um, and so that hybrid worked well. But you know, it was a lot about you know you're in this giant space in Brooklyn where they built this huge set. Um, and you are, you know, the whole set was covered in sand the first day. 
Yeah. Oh man, the dancers are slipping and falling. Like we oh can't my God. It's just a mess for everybody, and we're singing, and the dust is flying. So then they got rid of the sand overnight. Like five thousand pounds of sand that they brought in that day. So then they got rid of. It's like okay, we figure that out. That that can't work. All right. Oh so the sound engineers always have the most unique job because they're in a new space. They've got a mic, you know, like a 30 piece orchestra in this unique space that they're big built risers in. And then you've got them. Everybody's got to have their own in ears and their own individual body mics. And, it's, you know, so it's you're navigating the commercial breaks. Cause, so it's like you put mm. this together as a theater piece, but then you move into the space and then you start the camera blocking. And so you start making the adjustments. OK, because so the camera's going to be here. You're going to adjust here. You're going to do that the commercial break's going to come. So you're going to lose your momentum. You're going to lose that energy. So how do you maintain that? How do you see so you can come in after the commercial break and still do, you know, it's yeah. those things that you have to start to navigate with rent. Same kind of process. We're in the rehearsal room. This one, Jesus Christ Superstar was in New York. Rent was in LA. So mm-hmm. we were on the studio a lot in LA. Uh, so it, you know, different kind of feel, but we're sure. still working in the rehearsal space but then we get to the, the the studio a lot and the set is a more immersive you travel around the, the cameras come with you you go places kind of set it's more like a playground set with the audience kind of ensconced around you um and so you you're now you're doing a show uh your stamina is has to operate on a different level because the scale on which you're singing santa fe or you're doing i'll cover you you're, you're picking her up. We're actually on a playground. We're swinging around. We're, you're doing the things, whereas you create playfulness in the theater, whereas now we're doing them. Right. Like, it changes. It just changes how you navigate that. And, and everybody's got to be figuring out problems on the, on, on the fly. The director is on the fly figuring out how do we tell the story in this space. And you have a clock because there's only – one shot to do it. You're not going to have previews where you get to see how it happens with the audience right. and fix it. And then, you know? Yeah. No, I, I can't imagine how there is like, is it, you only have like two weeks to rehearse? Like, is it pretty fast paced or do you guys have a long time? Yeah. You have the, you like, you have the amount of time to rehearse and do it that you need. You have like six okay. weeks. Like you're doing, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. You do it like you're doing a Broadway show. Right. But, Whereas with a Broadway show where you're doing your, your four to five weeks of rehearsal and then you're doing two weeks of tech and then you're doing three or four weeks of previews and then you're opening, you only get one. You know, right. you, like you don't, you only you get like tech, you get two tech days and <laughs> you get, <laughs> you know. Oh my God. So as like a performer, you know, is it, is it kind of, I mean, for lack of a better term, is it kind of like weird once you start to do the camera blocking because it's almost as if like you know the audience is no longer a scene partner like it normally is in theater but this time a camera is your scene partner for for some of it no well again depends on how it's designed but go for rent and for jesus christ superstar because they're they're live concerts right no because we're the camera is capturing the concert so okay you're performing for the audience. Right. Now, there are there are certain moments, particularly with storytelling, that you're gonna want to tweak a thing and do. Like I remember with like the pieces of silver as Judas. Uh, when I did the scene, you know, after we did it, Mark Mark Platt, one of the producers, he was like, "Okay, I love it's beautiful. I love everything, but just can, if you can, can you just tilt your head up 
a little more when you do that part. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, if you, you just, just keep, I don't want to mess up your stuff. But <laughs> so you start you know, doing things like that so that the camera can capture a dramatic moment or a thing so that the audience is making sure that they're along on, at home is along with what the audience is having there. You know, right. Audience in the studio is having as well. Yeah. I mean, that's so cool. Like that whole, the whole live, you know, shows the live theater that they do is, is so incredible because you're exactly right. You know, like you do somehow keep us along for the journey for us watching at home. Um, and we do feel like, you know, we, it almost as if our room becomes a theater and we're just watching theater. It's a really cool moment for all of those. And I feel like both Jesus Christ Superstar and Rent were some of the best live shows that they did. I mean, there's been several other live shows that, you know, I feel didn't really work as well as these two did. And and that's a testament to all of you guys working on the piece for sure. No, no really wonderful teams came together for them. And I was grateful to be a part. Yeah, and those casts were ridiculous too, you know, just absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm curious too, with Rent, you know, you mentioned how a piece can really stick out to you. I've had this conversation with Telly Leung and how much Rent means to him and how he just loves that show and that he's, it's been a big part of his life and everything. I'm curious for you, like you obviously ended up doing like replacing a role that you did off Broadway in rent. And then you ended up doing a live show after like revisiting the show. Like how much does rent mean to you and why does it mean so much to you? If you don't mind me asking. Rent is one of my favorite shows. And it's weird. Cause you know, when I first saw rent, I didn't really get it. I saw it in college. Uh, uh-huh. uh and I didn't, I didn't really get what the hype was. Like I didn't, like, <laughs> but then I had to audition for it a couple, like a month or two later. And so they sent me the material. So I started listening to the album and I was just like, wait, this is what they're saying? Like, you know, it just really, it washed over me in a whole other way. Um, that that idea of no day but today. Um, mm. and, and, I, and so that's when I, I developed my love for the role of Collins. I auditioned for that show seven times. Wow. Uh, it's, also, it's also the only show I've ever gone to an open call for. What? Uh, like, I just, I, 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 could, I couldn't get through that door. It wasn't until um, I did Far From Heaven with Kelly O'Hara and Michael Greif at uh, Williams. Yes. That Michael was like, one time in rehearsal, Michael had the nerve to say, Brandon, have you ever, why, why haven't you ever done Rent? And I was like, Michael, <laughs> you never cast me. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. And so then, like, I was doing a, I was, I was developing Motown the musical at that time, right, right yeah. after Far From Heaven. And the producer of Motown is all is Kevin McCollum. He was also the producer of Rent. And yes. so Nick Christopher got injured, and so they asked me if I wanted to replace on Off Broadway Rent. Shut up. We went all uh, to do Motown on Broadway. So I was like, yeah, like they were like, do you want to come do four months, six months? And I was like, absolutely. Um, and wow. it's one of the most fulfilling experiences I've had. Uh, it's where I first met MJ. Um, oh. MJ Rodriguez was my angel. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like a really great time. We had a, man, we had a fantastic group. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I am Maria Mon. That was her, her first oh. show. Tamika Lawrence was her first Oh show. my God. The, the I'll Cover You soloist. Uh, She's Paul- fantastic, Tamika uh, Lawrence. Wow. Yeah, Marcus Paul James, Anna Lee. She oh. was 
was our, our Maureen at the time. Like it was just oh, like wow. Margot Bingham. We had a great cast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. That's amazing. We were, yeah, we had a great cast. Yeah, you're killing it. Wow. I, I want to see that production. Bring that back, eh? Um, <laughs> I'll talk to Michael. <laughs> this show definitely it just it means a lot to me and and just that idea that, you know, it's 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 about the power of of about love's power to transform, you know, and 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 I think that that's just so so meaningful. Yeah. No, that that show is so it was way ahead of its time. I mean, honestly, like when it was written and everything like that, like it was it's beautiful the everything about that show and and those songs are classics you know like it they it, they don't seem to leave no day but today yeah for sure all right well, well talk to me about this so yeah i mean i think this was before the live shows uh you, you were obviously your second tony nomination was shuffle along and we talk about you know unbelievable casts i mean that, that was pretty unreal you know Audrey mcdonald brian stokes mitchell uh you name it they were in it and um talk to me about what it, it was like to work with those people and be in a room with them and, and you know tell a story with those uh, scene partners that was a real gift for me um you know that was a i've been i've been in uh blessed to be a part of uh about three masterpieces in my life um, and Shuffle Along is definitely one of them. Uh, oh. just, you know, it, uh, it was a real... Shows aren't made like that anymore. You don't develop shows in the way we develop that show anymore. Though that's how they used to always do shows. Um, mm-hmm. And you just like, you, you'll... It, it's rare that you can gather that group of creative masters uh, in a room for one time to do something. Like, and I'm talking about the creative team themselves. You know, George C. Wolfe, our director... Yeah, uh, Anne Roth, our costume designer, uh, you know, uh, Peggy and Jules, uh, our uh, lighting designers, like just a, a Quanto, Santo Loquasto, our set designer, like these are just real geniuses, masters of their craft, and they came together to create this piece of theater that was came out of George C. Wolfe's mind. That was a real wonder piece, particularly as he was he was writing it and directing it simultaneously, uh, and to be in a room with Audra and Stokes and, you know, they were the stars of my first Broadway show I ever saw ragtime. Oh, Um, wow. You know, uh, with Joshua Henry, who is, you know, a a brother of mine in in this theater and, and, and Billy, who's just an extraordinary force, like, and our ensemble as well. Like the people in our ensemble, uh, just, it it was, uh, it was a, a special experience. And, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'll, something like that. It's rare that something like that can happen. Right. Is when now you call it like a masterclass, is that like an O to like the cast and the people that you were able to work with? Is it about the show itself? Is it kind of like all the things like it's all encompassing, you know, yeah. you get to you get to be a part of seeing how something like this can work in this way. You get to be a part of unique artists engaging in a unique creative process that stretches all of all of us in different individual ways. And uh, and also, again, that idea of directing a thing while writing the thing, <laughs> which is different than directing a thing you've written right? while you're writing it and having the level of evolution and awareness to know, to talk, you know, I would talk to George and he would talk to me about when he would have to, when it was time to shut the director off so that the writer can work or when it was time to shut uh-huh. the writer off so that the director could edit so the director could cut 
Wow. So, you know, he would talk about his personal experiences being like, you know, there, there are challenges going on in my life. And, norm, you know, I would like to shut myself off from them because I have work to do. But if I block off the things I'm feeling, then they won't get into the writing and the writing needs those things. So I have to let myself experience the human things so that the writer can write them. But then I have to know when to put the writer away so that the director can cut what needs to be cut and can edit the writer's work. So it's like to, to be with somebody who is at that level, um, you know, to have conversations in the room, uh, Brooks, Ashmanskis, Joshua, Billy, Audra Stokes, George, myself about our own individual cultural upbringings. Mm. Um, and, you know, when we were included, when we were excluded, what that meant, what that didn't mean, how we were privileged, how we weren't privileged, to bring that into the context of the characters that we were portraying in this story of people in a new space, in a new world, striving to do something new and different on Broadway, you know, uh, and that, that, that always encountered, you always have obstacles and you also have supports and you know, what do our own individual experiences bring to that? And it's just, just a, a real masterclass in creation and in right. human in human creation, you know, creativity and output. For sure. Synergistic collaboration. Yeah, you know, something else that kind of came to mind when you were talking about this was another show that you did, Black No More, and that was recently. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on that because – that show was kind of revolutionary in the same sense where, you know, you have black artists coming together to tell a story and, you know, from all different cultures and backgrounds. And I just want to hear from you what your experience was like in doing that show. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, Black No More. So Black No More is, is, is an example of uh, one of those shows. I've had uh, the opportunity to, to develop a lot of shows that start off Broadway or, you know, out of town. And, um, and Black No More for me, the most compelling aspect of Black No More is its source material. If anybody gets the opportunity, you know, you should try and read that book uh, by George Schuyler. 
Um, and the music that uh, Tariq Trotter, Black Thought About, <sighs> wrote was really, um, really dynamic and extraordinary. Uh, but, you know, in order to make a Broadway show, it's, it's, the, it's the hardest thing to do is write a Broadway show. It's the hardest artistic thing to do. Um, and it requires so many collaborative elements operating on a certain level. Uh, and, you know, and when you're, when you're off Broadway, when you're trying things out, you know, that's when you find out when things aren't quite aligned. So you get more time to go back to the drawing board and retool. And, um, and so I'm really inspired by the music of that show. And I, and I hope that, uh, I hope that Tariq gets to, uh, gets to bring us, you know, do some more, do more work, find some more collaborators and bring it back to us in its next, next period of evolution. Oh my God. That would be awesome. I didn't get to see it. I'm dying to see the show. I had a couple friends in the show. They told me about it and like, it's awesome. Like to hear the stories. I'm a big fan of black thought too. Um, so I, I would love to, for the show to come back and, and see some sort of iteration of the show. I think it'd be amazing for sure. But uh, that that's so cool to, to be a part of that show, especially, you know, at the time that it came out, you know, right after, was it right after, right before the pandemic, you know, it was just so necessary to hear a, to have a show like that, you know? So moving on, got to talk to you about MacGyver uh, before I let you go. Um, Talk to me about it. I mean, the album itself doesn't come out until the 27th, but tell me a little bit about the album and and what uh, we can expect as listeners and audience members. Uh, Well, look, you know, the the album is really cool because the music on the album ranges from, from punk rock to... Broadway show tunes. Um, we really lean into the humor of the show. Um, there are also some, you know, inspiring anthems. The writer, uh, Peter Lurie, uh, you know, he's been in the business for years and he's just a wonderful music writer and storyteller. So, uh, so you know, I'm, I'm excited about the music that we have. And the show itself was really cool because, like, I've always been a big fan of MacGyver. Uh, I used to watch it with my father when I was a kid. Oh. The original MacGyver uh, with Richard Dean Anderson. And then I know that, you know, we've had the remake, uh, though I think, I think it went off air in like 2021. But, um, mm-hmm. but I was always just a big fan of, you know, that, that concept of this, this person who just uses their brain to make use of anything around it to fix things and to help save people, you know? Um, and it's such a, MacGyver became such a global phenomenon. You know, I think everybody's pretty familiar with it. So I think the, the idea of taking those cultural concepts that people uh, like and are attracted to and making a show of it are really cool. And one wow. of the things about MacGyver, the show is that, it's very unique. It's kind of immersive in that what will happen is before the show starts, there'll be an announcement that the actor who plays MacGyver, um, something has happened and they're not going to be able to make it to the theater that night. Oh. So, but they say, you know, the show must go on. So they need somebody from the audience to play MacGyver that night. Oh, for my God. And so there's a 10 minute audition just before the show where like three to four performers, volunteers rather, you get up and you like act a line, you sing a line and you dance something. <laughs> the audience by their applause will choose who gets to be MacGyver that night. So like there have been MacGyvers, a, you know, of all different genders and ages, like 15 to 85. And so like this show oh, is a really cool, unique experience. So like I encourage people to check the album out because um, it's very funny, and uh, and I and I think it'll just introduce get you introduced to the show, so that when you get the opportunity to see it, it'll be a really cool, really cool experience for you. 
I'm being told that your song is called Drink, Drink, Drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, is, what is that about? What is it like a, one of the funny songs? Is it one of the yes. punk rock? It's definitely one of the funny songs. You know, okay. I, have, uh, I have a very generic Eastern European accent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this song is it's it's an ode to the wonders of beer. That, oh uh, yes, and so MacGyver and his allies in this in this punk rock band that he you know he ends up form, forming an allyship with this these musicians, um, and we you know we sing the song and we offer uh, the wonders of beer to the soldiers because there's an invasion plan that's happening, but we need them to get too drunk for the to to, to mount a <laughs> when the attack comes. Oh my god. Amazing. That sounds like an absolute blast. I can't imagine. I'm so excited to listen, seriously. So wait, going back really quickly, when you have these volunteers come up and, and like, you know, audition for MacGyver, is it just like improv or is, do you give them like a script or like, how does that work? It's so structured in such a way that the ensemble can lead the actor to all of the next things that they need to be doing. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That is fascinating. What a what a cool concept. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, the the out of town got such great reviews, so I'm excited to see the next step, uh, next steps for the show, and uh, hopefully you back on Broadway. Yes, uh, yes to both things. So. Yeah, yes to both things. So speaking of bringing you back to Broadway, you know, one final question for you here, and I'll let you go. I mean, listen, you've played so many incredible roles, and you've been in shows that are so iconic. You know, you you even just recently did Billy Flynn in Chicago, which is another like iconic role. You know, Barry Gordon. We didn't even talk about Motown and all the things. So, is there a character that you haven't done yet that you are uh, wanting to do, and it doesn't even have to be an existing character but like because i know you like to originate so what kind of person or character are you trying to tell their story next and, and in the future uh no this is this is it's a very basic answer and it's very easy then the, the oh, role wow. and it is i want to play jean valjean in the production of love is oh my god wait that would be amazing that's that that's down what i want and you've never played it before not like regional or anything no 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 wow Okay. I've never been old enough to play Valjean, but I would love to. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, my God. You would be fantastic. So anyone listening, who out there, if you're a producer or something, you know, you have your guy. You have your guy. So, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate your time. And I cannot wait to listen to MacGyver. And I can't wait to see what else is next for you. Why don't you uh, share your social media so we can follow your journeys uh, in the future? Yes, I can be found at Brandon V. Dixon on all social platforms. And please do check out the MacGyver album. Yes. Thank you so much. Can't thank you enough. It's been an honor to talk to you. Take a bow, Brandon Victor Dixon. It was really, really cool to talk to him on the podcast. I am a big fan of his. When we watch Rent and Jesus Christ Superstar live, I was just like in awe of his performances and then i saw him in hamilton so it was really cool to get the chance to actually talk to him and meet him for the first time obviously virtually but uh still it was pretty cool and with that being said i also want to say that tomorrow is the release of his new album that he's been working on with taylor louderman and a bunch of other people that you all should definitely check out it's called macgyver uh macgyver the musical as i mentioned before you'll be able to get it wherever you listen to cast albums or anything like that it was fun to talk to him about the show the show's kind of got a really cool unique kind of 
vibe and story and all the things. So very interesting to see how this cast album works out and what these songs are that he was talking about and all the things. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. And you all should go check it out too. MacGyver the musical once again, so many talented people in the, in the show and all the things. So I was able to get like a sneak peek listen, but I didn't get a full song. And the little bit that I was able to listen to, I absolutely fell in love. So I know that you all will love it too. Uh, it's totally up a theater kids alley and kind of the new age of, of theater composing and theater songs and all the things. It's so interesting that the shifts that we've kind of been seeing into more of like a, a rock pop kind of musical theater vibe. It's not like the classics anymore, but uh, still cool nonetheless. And uh, I'm very excited to see what and hear what you all think of the new album. And uh, hopefully we'll see it here on Broadway because who doesn't love Taylor Louderman and Brandon Victor Dixon? <laughs> Anyways, so that's all I have for you folks this week. Thank you all for listening. As always, I so appreciate it. Go check out some of our other episodes if you missed them. We had an amazing January so far, an amazing 2023. We started it with Elizabeth Teeter, then Michaela Diamond from Parade. I'm just so thankful and lucky to be able to chat with so many incredible theater makers and artists in the industry every week. And uh, hopefully you all have been enjoying the the stories and all the things. I know you all enjoyed Elizabeth Teeter. So if you didn't listen to that one, go check that one out because she's an absolute blast. And Michaela Diamond's just an absolute hoot. She was so candid, so sweet, and she was just she was incredible. So, and if you're a parade fan or if you are kind of on the fence of seeing parade or whatever, I promise you this conversation is going to make you fall in love with the show and make you want to see the show a million times. So go check that out. And we have another great episode coming at you all next week. And again, I just can't thank you all enough for listening. So bye everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.